this is Jocelyn and Chris Sarant. And you're listening to Rocket Night. Anita, and we're doing uh, an interview. We're sitting down here with Jocelyn and Chris Arndt. They are amazing. I would call it 70s rock and roll. It's almost like an old school type of rock and roll. And I see a lot of a lot of heavy influence from people that are really bringing this sound back, like uh, Grace Potter, just just to name one. Who are who are some of your major influences? Oh man, it's funny it's Grace Potter because she's actually she's been one of my music idols since I was since I was little. I used to listen to Grace Potter and the Nocturnals all the time, and I think Chris would agree with that. Oh yeah, I know those guys. They rock. <laughs> Grace Potter's awesome. We actually we got to play with her, which was insane. We were at the Mountain Jam uh, Music Festival in New York last summer, right? Mm-hmm. Last summer, and I actually got to watch her set from stage right. Yeah, watching her play, and that was oh my god, that was amazing. But uh, I'm I'm amazed at her talent as a writer. But you you are you two are also very prolific in regards to well, number one, a lot of people don't know that um, y'all are so young and that you're in college, but you you have a musical maturity that goes way beyond your ages. Um, do, did your parents have anything to do with that? I mean, what was on the turntable as you were growing up? I think mom and dad definitely had a, a lot to do with that. We used to, uh, we had a room in our house that was just full of books and CDs, and Jocelyn and I would take turns going in and just picking out something at random to listen to. And, I mean, it was, everything was in there from, like, you know, Mozart to to the Beastie Boys and everything in between. And uh, I think we, we, we kind of gravitated towards, like, classic rock and blues, which is, where our sound comes from a little bit, but I think mom and dad had a huge part in, in making us what we oh, are. Oh, yeah. If you ask them, I mean, I'm sure mom and dad, they would both say, like, oh, yeah, we don't know where they got it from, but I think it's in there somewhere. They've always loved listening to music and loved sharing music, and uh, I think we definitely inherited that. And that was um, back when they had CDs, or were they still in the album mode? <laughs> We had uh, we had a couple cassettes and we had mo- mostly CDs. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, because when you go back to my time, it was albums, and now it's kind of funny that all of, all of that is coming back. So, what have what kind of comments or feelings do you have about bringing back this retro sound? Do you think that your audiences are accepting it as something that's almost new, or are they aware that it's retro? I think, I think, hmm, that's actually, that's a cool one. I think, I think they know that it's a little bit retro. Um, but at the same time, I think we, like, I like to think we put our, kind of our own modern twist onto it. So it's sort of like, I like to think of it as sort of we're bridging the gap between a lot of different genres when we're, when we're writing and when we're playing. So 
it's actually kind of cool to have, you know, whole families come up to us after shows, and, and the dad, it reminds him of what he was listening to when he was our age, and then the kids like it too because they've, you know, they're sort of becoming introduced to this sort of retro blues rock thing. So I think it's, it's definitely a sound that, that people seem to really pick up on and seem to, to kind of relate to, which is it's really cool. I I watched um, the set that you did at Jam in the Van, which I I love that whole concept of Jam in the Van, and I've seen I've seen other artists you know performing there, and I I just think it's really cool, and I I love the way they do it and how it's so unique. Can you can either of you um, maybe figure out or state something about maybe where was the weirdest place that you ever played? <laughs> oh man! Oh. The weirdest place. We played a lot of weird places. <laughs> yeah. Um. All this. I, I got. I got one. Chris, do you have any? I I'm blanking right now. Oh man! So we've played. We've played a couple. When we were in high school, we had a band. Um, which was actually we met our current producer David Bourgeois. We were playing at a beer tent at the local fair, and uh, we were all, you know, of course, like. 15, 16, 17, so my dad was digging the beer, but uh, we were not, you know, able to uh, partake in that, so we were just kind of chilling in the beer tent at the local fund affair when, <laughs> when uh, David met us and uh, said, hey, you know, you could really do this for a living, right? And we were like, what? <laughs> you can do music? But uh, that was weird. We've also, um, we've played a couple of parades in that's, our day. That's probably, <laughs> that's weird. Especially, you know, parade, like it's like a it's like a four four mile parade trail, and the town is like a hundred feet long. So you're just playing the cornfield for like ten minutes, and everyone goes wow, like thirty seconds to shine. And you don't know what to play, right? Because you're playing to different people, like so we right. playing the same three songs, just kind of <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, I I think those concepts are so cool in regards to, um, you know, these different um, things that they're doing there, like, um, what is it, So Far? There's there's other videos that you can watch, like you can travel and do house concerts, and there's another one that's based on that. It's kind of cool that the music industry is going that way because it promotes the independent artists. Um, what do you think is the difference between the artists of the past that were able to become superstars and be backed by these huge labels and lots of money and support and being an independent artist um, and, and really doing everything yourselves? What, what is the difference to you and, and what's more meaningful and more captivating for you to proceed in your career like that? I think that, uh, I mean, I, the music industry is definitely, it's, it's gone through some, some rough times, I guess you could say, in the past couple decades, what with, like, the Internet and, and all of that. But, um, so, I, I don't know, it seems, it seems like record labels are a, a bit more tentative investing in artists than they were maybe 30 or 40 years ago. But on the same token, with, with all the tools that you have in, like, in the modern age, I think artists really have, the opportunity to to try to do more independent than they could before because you know like you can you can really connect with your fans through all the different various social medias and there's so many more outlets to get your music out there it's no longer limited to just just radio promotion and touring which granted that those are definitely two huge parts of the game but 
there's there's a lot more to it now too, which is kind of cool, I think. And I don't know if uh, a lot of the listeners know, but you all are going to Harvard, and I have so many questions <laughs> about that. I'll only ask a few. But tell us a little bit about how that is backing you up in regards to your music and your artistry. Oh man, so yeah, we're we're closet dorks, I guess you could you could say. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it gets it gets pretty busy trying to kind of balance the two. But um, we love them both, so it it sort of is worth it. And I definitely think uh, going to college makes us really appreciate the music. Um, in more yeah. ways. Right. <laughs> it's sort of like I'm doing homework on, you know, a tour bus on the way to Nashville, and I'm like, key, you know. I wish I was. I'd much rather be playing yeah. a show right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, right. I think, I think they definitely they complement each other because they make us really appreciate what we've got with music, and music is definitely sort of what it's. You know, we're going for it hardcore. Yeah. We're going. We're going for music all the way. It's it's definitely. It's definitely made us appreciate just how much we want that. And Jocelyn, you are um you're actually an English major. I was too, believe it or not. Oh cool. And um and um uh Chris, you are doing um music engineering and computer science. Mm hmm So that's helping you learn a lot about the back end of the music industry itself. Um and being able to actually produce in regards to, you know, in addition to performing. So um, how do you juggle um, classwork and how do you get it all done? How do you do the touring? How do you get all of your tours together, your gigs, and then be, be able to be focused on school? That to me is, the, it sounds like it's so incredibly challenging. I don't know if a lot of people could do that. <laughs> I think it it probably helps when you really love what you're doing. I mean, m music is it, it never really feels like work. It, it I mean, it is it's definitely our job. It's honestly probably more our job than, than going to Harvard at this point because yeah. it's like what we spend the vast majority of our time doing. But we love it so much that I don't I don't know if we'd really have it any other way. You know? Yeah, and we're lucky enough to have like. We've got people who've got our back. You know, we've got like, yeah. an amazing team of people, and they help us. You mentioned booking. We have an amazing booking agency coalition, agency coalition in Nashville, and we've got an awesome publicist, Big Picture Media, um, and we've also got a great team up in upstate New York. I mentioned David, our producer, and he's got. We've got a great crew up there, and, and they help us sort of with everything. So it's it's definitely like a it's a big team effort. For sure. Yeah. How did you assemble this great band? Because you've got some wonderful backing musicians. Can you talk a little bit about them? Sure. Yeah, so uh, we uh, we met the people that we play with through our producer, David Bourgeois, and uh, it's, been, it's, been, it's been really awesome to be able to sort of go on the road and play these great shows with, with awesome people. Um, so right now we're on the road as a four-piece. Uh, David's a drummer, and then we've also got Kate Scroy on the bass. And uh, it's a really it's a really fun group. It's been it's been a really fun tour so far. And um, yeah. you you all come from like Cowtown, New York, which is like <laughs> I call it Cowtown because you had made a comment before in another interview that there was more cows than people. 
and um, <laughs> and if you had your choice and you could settle and and create a base anywhere in the United States, um, where would it be? I don't know. I, I mean, it's kind of hard to say. I guess, I guess the 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 sort of cop-out answer would be New York, Nashville, or LA because those are the three big markets. But honestly, I I feel like we kind of got it pretty good where we are in in Albany. Uh, I mean, we you know we're we're signed with uh, with Bridgewood Entertainment. That's that's David's company. He's our manager as, as well as our producer out of there. And I mean, his team, like Justin said, they kind of make a lot happen for us. So I don't know. I I I think it's a, it's a good location. We're close enough to a lot of the cities, that, and it's uh gives us a good sort of point of reach for like the entire eastern seaboard. And then we get to come out to L.A. like a couple times a year too, which is awesome. So, have you all planned on doing anything outside of the U.S. or have you have you done any gigs in Canada or are you looking um, to maybe head over to Europe at some point? Oh, we're working on it. We're always thinking about new places to play. We actually, uh, we, uh, we're currently pushing um, Edges to our, our album to radio, and we're getting a lot of airplay in Canada. So that might be, uh, might be next on the list here for our, our, our international tour. <laughs> that would be pretty sweet. So, uh, oh, definitely, and Europe would be great as well. Um, how do you all get into, like, the mode where you can write? Do you write together? Do you write separately? Uh, do you have the notebook by the bed so you can take notes when you wake up, or how does that whole creative process work for the both of you? I think it's it's definitely all of the above. You know, I mean, we I think I think everyone has has that notebook by their bed so they can wake up and write whatever crazy idea they had in their dream or whatever. And that's definitely like where a lot of the inspiration comes from. And and we we work a little bit on our own when we're sort of trying to figure out what an idea in our head might be. But as soon as we've got something that's a little bit more concrete. We bring it to the other. I, I bring it to Jocelyn, or she brings it to me, and then we kind of work from there to to sort of build on on each other's stuff and and create a song. It's it's definitely a super collaborative process. Yeah, and then from there, you know, we take it to the studio, and that just opens more doors. So you know, we we come right. in, we come in with a with a song, and and it's sort of like a kid in a candy store. We can we can try a zillion things until we make it as perfect as we can make it. And then, you know, with with David and with the rest of our crew, we can get, you know, amazing people to play with us. Uh, we got, you know, Danny Lewis from Government Mule to step in and from Pam and Oregon, and we got G-Love on Blues Harp. Like, like we can get these insane people to come in and, and play on our music and make it, you know, even better. Get that, get that, just the right guest to come in and sort of put the cherry on the top of the Sunday there. I was looking at I was looking about you know in regards to your collaborations with Government Mule, uh, Danny Lewis from Government Mule and G Love, and who are some other people that you'd like to collaborate with? Ooh. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I guess that's kind of the combat answer, but honestly, I don't think I've ever met a musician I didn't want to like try to jam out with the country. <laughs> but as far as as far as people to, to, to get on the album or, like, maybe our next album or, or people who, like, inspire us and we would be really happy to have play with us, I, I, ah, man. I mean, I love, if, if Mark Knopfler wanted to come over, you know. And <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, would be, I would be pretty okay with that. Or, uh, I don't know, I mean, so many people. 
Mark, issue his name. <laughs> yeah. Also. And whose voice inspires you, Jocelyn? I mean, who? I know Grace Potter is probably a real inspiration, but what are some other um, female voices in rock that you love? Oh, I love, um, let's see, Janis Joplin, you know, hands, like she's, she's a queen. She'll always be, you know, the queen. Um, right. I love Pat Benatar, Joan Jett. Oh, man. Blondie, she's great. Demi Harry, she's awesome. Um, and then, you know, Aretha Franklin, like, just those big voices that you know, you know exactly who it is the minute they open their mouth. That kind of thing is, is super inspiring for me. Yeah, those voices are unmistakable. That's certainly true, and it's like they've created a name, and, of course, now, you know, they're all legends. I, re- I remember most of them in the very be- very beginnings of their careers, and, you know, they've, these women that are just fantastic in rock and roll with the, with the powerful voices, they're like, they've still got the staying power. I mean, most of them, if they haven't passed, they're still around. They're still singing, so oh, that's yeah. really... That's really uh, the proof of the pudding that, you know, these voices never never die. They're, uh, yeah. they're just there forever. So um, let me ask you this. In regards to the next album, and have you got songs in the can? Are you ready to go for another one? Or what's your, what's your plans on another upcoming album? And then you can tell us about the one you just released in February. All right. Yeah, we're definitely, I mean, we're always writing, and we've, we've got a bunch in the can. We're definitely, I think the next album should be released sometime this winter. So, um, I mean, we're, we're, we're working on it for sure. But uh, the, uh, we actually, so we just, well, I, we just finished up the, the, the sort of recording and mixing process for uh, a cover of Tracy Chapman's Give Me One Reason, a, li- a live cover. And so that's going to be out there very, very soon, like within the next couple weeks. So you can definitely keep a lookout for that because that will be available super soon. Yeah, we're always kind of working on giving giving people new music. That's kind of what we want to do. Yeah. Yeah, Tracy Chapman's awesome. Um, Now, your album Edges came out February 26th. Um, Mm -hmm. What was the main theme around that album? So when we were when we were um, it, it's funny because the songs on Edges are kind of a little bit of a mishmash of of different stages of our lives. Some of them were written when we were younger, when we were in high school, and then some of them were written, you know, as recently as you know last year. So so when we were when we were in the studio recording it and producing it, we really wanted to make sure it had this cohesive undercurrent to it that everything kind of fit together. Um, we didn't want to give anybody whiplash from track to track. So it was sort of like, um, I think the theme underneath, we wanted it all to have this retro throwback vibe to it. We wanted that to tie everything together. Um, and beyond that, we sort of just wanted to really, really showcase our songwriting and um, showcase the music and make the music sort of as good as we could make it. So those were kind of our goals going into it. And um I think I think it really it really listens as sort of a cohesive album from start to finish. That was that was our goal, and I think we I think we accomplished it. So. Yeah, it's I've listened to every cut. It's amazing. I highly recommend it. It's just the type of um, music that you can pop in the player and just drive. Unfortunately, some of those things could get me a speeding ticket. So, <laughs> you know, when it's really 
driving rock and roll, I, I get kind of like a lead foot and I get myself in trouble. So, <laughs> but, uh, sorry. I said maybe we should have a disclaimer. Good morning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, put a disclaimer on the cover, that's for sure. Uh, now, um, let me ask you this. What do you all like to do when you're not doing music and you're not going to school and you're not committed to doing something oh, yeah. regarding the music industry? <laughs> uh, free time? What is that? <laughs> like yeah, that. right. Oh, yeah, we actually, we're big, we're big food people. We're, yeah, I, would, I, I would, like to cook and I like to eat. Eat, play, sleep, repeat. Um, <laughs> no, we're we're actually we're all big. Uh, we're big into. I guess sort of growing up in upstate New York, we're big into winter. We actually like the snow. We like winter. I miss it when it's when it's not yeah. around. Uh, so we uh, we make sure we do a lot of skiing and snowboarding mm -hmm. in the winter time whenever we can grab a free minute on the hill. And then uh, what else? I've tried to knit before. Um, I can do a scarf, and that's it. Yeah, that's about that's about me. That's about me too. Yeah, so you understand. I can't really get the whole like I don't know any other difficulty other than <laughs> baseline knitting. Chris, have you tried to knit before? No, no, I have not. I think I would probably only be able to make rectangles too. Yeah. Well, I mean that's hard, I guess, but. <laughs> well, knitting knitting is a good it's a good talent to have when you're up in the snow for sure because you can you know with the things you make it could stay warm. But I know that uh, for men to knit that's that's not a bad thing. In fact, a lot of men in different places like Scotland and Iceland they know how to knit. <laughs> they can knit their own socks, which is kind of amazing. Good. But yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, and it's yeah, it's very meditative actually. It's very calming and meditative. I found it. But, uh, I'm not, I'm certainly not a pro at doing it, but I've done it, um, and I enjoy it as well. I enjoy creating things that way. But um, so yeah, relaxing and and meditative when you're doing the repeating motion. It's very it's very calming. So when you all, this is going to be the last question, so we'll wrap it up, but I wanted to ask you all, when you all go to a live show, um, what would be like your three top bands that you would like to see that you've, that you've seen before that gave you just like the show of a lifetime that you would oh, pay for a ticket again? Oh, mm. that is. That's a really good question. I would see Grace Potter any day of the week. Yeah, I'm kind of of the same opinion. She she puts on an amazing show. It's so cool. Oh, uh, it's really it's yeah. Um, who else? Oh, we just played with a band called Here Come the Mummies. We were in Washington. Oh yes, right. They were so good. They were amazing. Yeah. I was like so into it, and they have such a funny, awesome, just insane show. Yeah. I would I would definitely see them again, and I would love to play with them again. Um. And, oh, man, that was two. Anybody, I don't know, Government Mule, they, they put on an insane show, and they yeah. just play and play and play for hours. Like, we <laughs> talked to Danny, and he's, like, a super nice guy, and, and he was just like, yeah, we just, we just like to play. <laughs> 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 like, yeah, you do. They, they do, like, three-hour shows. It's awesome. 
You definitely get your money. Oh, okay. with your money. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, I saw Grace Potter um, probably about two or three years ago. It was a great show. And then I saw Here Come the Mummies actually for Rocket Night. We did a write-up on them last October. Uh, they came here to the Tampa area, and they just blew everybody away. They were just yeah, awesome. They're, they're insane. They're so awesome. Yeah, and Government Mule, um, I know one of the people that works with him, he's local here, but um, or was local, but uh, I have not had a chance to see them, so I'm looking forward to that. But um, So um, I want to thank you for this interview. I'm looking forward to hearing some more music from you guys, and when I'll be watching for that. Is it going to be a new video, the Tracy Chapman cover? You're going to do a yeah. cover, or so it will be a video as well? Mm-hmm. Yep, there's a, there's a live performance video with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. I'll make sure we put that out as well. So, oh, but thank awesome. you, Justin. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for having us. You're listening to Rock at Night. Thanks for the intro melody. It's called Get On Down by Billy Bass Alford. Thanks. <laughs>